0: hello there. You might want to pull up a chair or rest on your elbows. I have cracked the case. Yeah, cracked the case. Amazingly, right? Um, I am going to also be updating photos on psychopathinyourlife.com. Click on blog, B-L-O-G. In the last show, I spelled it B-L-U-G. See, what happens is you get this certain level of confusion going, but you don't really recognize it, right? And I listen to things back. And I think, wow, pretty confused. OK, so here's the deal. Um, I now have like a monstrous, and I mean monstrous, um, radiation burn on my chest that I will be photographing. You know, I started off this thing trying to keep my private life private. And I um, have kind of a funny story to tell about that before I get started on the horrors. Um, back in the mid 1990s, um, when I was starting my research into psychopaths, it, it all got triggered because of that lawsuit I had to file against Intel. So during that time, um, I was involved with the John Bene Ramsey case and all that. And during all of this time, I did a lot to protect my personal life. I didn't put a picture on my book um, of myself. I really didn't occur to me, right? Um, The only reason there's a picture on my book over on my website is because um, whoever uploaded it said, hey, why don't you put a picture on your book? (laughs) So so yeah, I've always tried to maintain my own personal privacy. Um, As a matter of fact, now that we're into, into the final weeds here, Uh, My dog's name is not Rocco. His name is Marcos Why have I been calling him Rocco? Well, because in my confused state, I felt like I wanted to hang on that one piece of privacy and not share his name with people in general. Yeah, I don't know That's what I came up with, right Um, so During the Ramsey case, for example, Everybody flew to Boulder for a big get-together. I didn't go there. A couple of reasons. One was because I was involved in a lawsuit against Intel. And the other was because, well, I mean, I've already told a story about how everybody turned turned toward the liars against me. So I, I wasn't, and this is, I mean this and in well intentions, okay. Having had everybody turn on me, and we all made up and all that stuff happened, that's great, right? But it still happened, right? <laughs> I still experienced that. So, no, I wasn't necessarily gung ho <laughs> to go in person and meet all these people. Uh, nor did I have an ugly ending with any of them, right? Um, but that was my feeling at the time. And so, because I didn't go, um, obviously people wanted to know what some of us looked like. Well, what we did was a few of us, I was in Mountain View, California at the time, um, a few of us had our own get-together, and we got together for lunch in San Francisco, which would have been about an hour from my home. And um, what did we do? Well, everybody knew that we were getting together, right? So everybody was waiting for these pictures, right? So the one gal in the group who was the artist, um, she brought us paper bags. (laughs) So... The picture everybody was waiting for of me and these two other people was in fact a picture of us, but we had paper bags with holes cut out for our eyes. That's how much I've tried to guard my privacy, right? (laughs) Since the beginning. And you will notice in the last show that um, you'll hear the background of children playing. Well, because the killers know where I live, it really doesn't matter if I tell you or not, right? Well, the whole thing gets kind of funny because... I'm in Norfolk, Nebraska, okay? We got the new NATO in Norfolk, we got Norfolk's all over the place for some weird reason. <laughs> um, and I live across from a school, so that's why you've heard the sound of children. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, you know, all bets are off, right? I mean, they got me, obviously, the killers know where I live. <laughs> so, but if you're thinking by extension they're getting everybody else, you would have missed the entire discussion I've been having with you all these years. That entire deal about Edward Snowden was to trick us. It's all a big lie. It's a big bluff and puff. So they tell the Edward Snowden story like they're all so powerful. They've got all this data on us. It's all organized. They're looking into your mailbox. (laughs) Wasn't that a clever trick? Because that put, the whole world thinking it was true, right? Thinking that Edward Snowden was anybody but a royal actor, right? So everybody thought the NSA has all the goods on everybody, right? Do they have stuff? Well, yeah, I could have a lot of stuff, too. I got files and files and files, but it depends on how organized it is. (laughs) There's a lot of factors, right? And I would be hard convinced based on, you know, they just burn through things. Like, I'm sure that there has to be some reason why in the 1800s all those census records went missing. I followed that trail. (laughs) Uh, Was that the point that they were taking over, that they needed to burn all those census data? Well, high possibility. So what I'm going to be doing today is, I discovered the entire plot line here, and I want to share it with you while I can. Um, It's all about the water. What's going on in Ohio? Well, lots of suspicious things, right? They supposedly put up some levees to kind of control the um, extra water that's there. They haven't been testing for dioxins. So what happened to these little levees, which were basically built with, oh, I don't know, it looks to me like trash bags and sticks, right? Well, the levees have now been compromised, which has now flooded the entire water system, it looks like, right? No, funny, 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 right? Well, it's an interesting plot line, very interesting plot line. So logical and so right in front of us that it is just being missed all over the place, okay? What are the effects of having no water? Humans can only survive a short amount of time without water because the body needs it for almost every process, including regulating body temperature through sweating and breathing, aid in digestion by forming saliva and breaking down food, moistening mucous membranes, helping to balance the pH of the body, lubricating joints in the spinal cord, helping the brain make and use certain hormones, helping transport toxins out of the cells, I gotta carefully go down here so I don't fly past things, okay, eliminating waste through the urine and breath, delivering oxygen through the body, without water the body is unable to function correctly, and oh boy here we go, Okay. Everything was so calm when I turned on the microphone. Okay. Without water, the body is unable to function correctly and will begin to stop working. The effects of dehydration come on quickly, especially in extremely hot conditions when a person sweats. Well, what have we learned through all this, kids? We have learned that... I um, cut myself off, so... I was only a few minutes in, so I'm going to be picking up from there. Let me get this over here. Okay, now where were we? So I have several things here for you today to take a look at. Um, is a master plot about water? Yeah, I would have to say it is. And why am I saying all this? Well. They have made a pretty concerted effort to destroy the water tables in this country. Oh, I don't know, by leaving toxic things lying around. I'm not going to go over the shows that I've done already, but... um, So, um, I'm picking up... Somehow I inadvertently cut off myself on the last one. So, I'm picking up from where I think I left off, okay. Um, So anyway, so water is a pretty big deal, right? Then there's this mystery. Um, This is the name of the show. There is a strong indication that there was a pre-placed car by the Ohio River drainage pipes, okay? And what does this mean? Well, it means several things, okay? And it means this, that... Orange is their color, which is, means 33, so that's a signal, right? Orange is a new black because orange represents the warning just be, before the death of the sun. The sun and its decline into darkness, which we call night or wintertime, and 33 in orange is their color. So why is a car, train car, in the color orange right there at that diversion point? Well, I'll be getting to that in a little bit here. Um, This is how I've been talking before about and I believe that when the activity with the mafia slowed down, they introduced computers, okay? And I'll read this interesting piece that I found. I'm just going to read the first part. If this were a movie, Silicon Valley would start out as one of the good guys, a notable exception in a world of big bad corporations, tolerating capitalism for a greater good of humanity, making trillions, yes, but only to make the world a better place. Silicon Valley was a cooler, better looking, more humane alternative to banks and multinationals the Robin Hood of business, the darling of the elite, the media, and digital natives. The public rooted for big technology firms, and to oppose their slightest slipperiness or disregard for privacy was to resist progress. Once, tech companies consistently dominated lists of the world's most admired brands. And why shouldn't they? There was so much to admire. They stood for openness, innovation, and creativity. They converted likes, clicks, and scrolls into political correctness. At the height of its popularity, the Silicon Valley epitomized the American dream. Anyone with a garage, a brilliant idea, and a ton of determination could make it big. And the interesting thing is, we all think that Everybody is talking about transhumans and all of this, and I am here today to tell you that water, (laughs) the simplest form, is going to be the weapon of choice. So, this is this file. I'm not saying this file is perfect or in order. Okay. So let me wander around here a little bit. Okay. Symbolism of water in the Bible is a significant part of Christianity. It has symbolized the Spirit of God, cleaning and sanctification, God's Word, and so much more. Water is so important in God's Word that it is mentioned 722 times in the Bible, more often than faith, hope, prayer, and worship. The Bible talks about how water has various meanings. It's a symbol of rebirth, fertility, and the renewal of life. The spiritual and physical value of water is emphasized in the scriptures through stories like Jesus turning water into wine and through rituals like baptism. Interesting, huh? So in looking at these dates, and I'll be sharing with you what I know so far in the hopes that you'd pick up some of this, right? Here's where I think it happened. It didn't have to happen in one path, okay? We could have all been here on this game board, right? Some of them decided to take the game board over to the United States, right? There's a possibility that they were playing tricks with us back on the European game board side and, you know, starving out the Irish to force them into relocating, that kind of stuff. It could be a, a, a dual trick at the same time operating, right? And we, of course, would be unaware that they were the ones causing the famine and forcing people from Ireland to move to the United States, right? And then, once that marketing program got going, it just it just put itself into effect, right? Um, so this would make a lot of sense because it happened on a two or three prong thing because they would have needed us during this key time to get all of these things accomplished, right? And we probably went along thinking, oh, look, this is really great stuff, right? And then at some point, some point, because we know that in the 1800s, they already had erected those huge mental institutions to put some of us in, right? So there's a pretty good turning point here. Okay, so let me explain why I'm looking at this point in time. Because electricity was invented by these people to harm us, right? So that's a good, good place to start looking, right? Electrical phenomena has been studied since antiquity, though progress in theoretical understanding remained slow until the 17th and 18th century. The theory of electromagnetism was developed in the 19th century, and by the end of that century, electricity was being put to industrial and residential use by electrical engineers and this is a key point here i'm looking at okay the rapid expansion in electrical technology at this time transformed industry and society becoming a driving force for the second industrial revolution so the word you're looking for is second industrial revolution okay Electricity's extraordinary versatility means it can be put to an almost limitless set of applications which included transport, heating, lighting, communications, and computation. Electrical power is now the backbone of modern industrial society. The second industrial revolution, also known as the technological revolution, was a phase, get this part, was a phase of rapid scientific discovery, standardization, mass production, and industrialization from the late 19th century into the early 20th century. Because the first Industrial Revolution ended um, about 1870, I think it was. So all of a sudden, this is where I say they were doling out. Some of these people had old technology that the rest of us had no clue about, right? Because we didn't we didn't understand things being used for bad or for evil, right? So we were pretty pliable. They were saying, "Hey, this is electricity. Come come look at it." We we're like, "Hey, great, right?" Um, so um, and the enormous expansion of rail and telegraph lines after 1870 allowed unprecedented movement of people and ideas, which culminated in a new wave of globalization. The Second Industrial Revolution continued into the 20th century with early factory electrification and the production line. And the interesting thing is the First Industrial Revolution ended at the beginning of World War I which would have been about 1914, right? What else happened around 1914? Well, they seized control of the banks and stuff. They came up with the idea of the central banks and all that. This to me looks more and more like the time that they took over. So were we willing participants in parallel along there? Yeah, likely, right? Likely, there's not that many of us, certainly a lot more of us. What they did was they dangled money in front of those of us that could be bought off And that gave them the workforce okay second was characterized by the build out of railroads large-scale iron and steel production widespread use of machinery okay um, they came up with the internal combustion engine around that time and here's an interesting part okay a synergy between iron and steel, railroad and coal developed at the beginning of the Second Industrial Revolution. Railroads allowed cheap transportation of materials and products, which in turn led to cheap rails to build more roads. Railroads also benefited from cheap coal for their steam locomotives. This synergy led to the line of 75 thousand miles of track in the US, USA in the 1880s. The largest almost anywhere in the world. So all these high-tech geniuses are taking us to our demise by railroads, right? Not self-driving cars, but railroads. <laughs> and, <laughs> and because... Because I didn't know how this all happened, I looked it up, so I'll share it with you. Kerosene. I mean, people you about kerosene lamps. Kerosene first was made from coal. But by the late 1880s, most was derived from crude oil. And in 1859, in Titusville, Pennsylvania, this Colonel Edward Drake drilled the first successful well through rock and produced crude oil. Some called it Drake's folly and the birth of the modern petroleum industry. And they go on to say that coal was one of man's earliest sources of heat and light. The first recorded discovery in this country was by French explorers on the Illinois River in 1679, Richmond, Virginia, 1748. They started mining, okay. So... How are they learning all this stuff? Well, um, they're just eking out the information. And Go look at my show about photos and stuff, okay? Um, and it took them, after 100 years of the coal deal, other power alternatives were introduced, which resulted in the decline of trains using coal. Trains gradually decreased the use of coal in the 1930s during the introduction of diesel and electric power locomotives. Diesel and electric power are cost-efficient and provide reliable performance in contrast to steam power. Because of this, companies shifted from steam to diesel between 1930 and 1960. Not that long ago. So, anyway, so, yeah, so there's a lot to all this train stuff, which is not that important right this second. So let me scroll down here, um, In the UK, the last steam-hauled service British Railways was 1968. And they continued using steam locomotives until the 1980s. And then also, um, in this country, another thing to add to the pile, as far as my suspicion list, as far as the contamination of the water in this country... Most people are not aware of this, and I don't believe I've ever brought it up, so let me bring it up now. Um, The U.S. EPA estimates there are more than 1 million of these things called abandoned, but they're really under the name ORPHAN, O-R-P-H-A-N, oil rigs, okay? And these unplugged oil wells leak methane and explosive gas into neighborhoods and leach toxins into the groundwater. Now, that is totally out of place, but I'll get back to that in a minute, okay? So just put that in your hat, that we're surrounded by um, leaking oil wells, okay? Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't think I mentioned this in the, in the opening, and I'm kind of confused since I had to do it twice. Okay. Right now in Ohio, what they're doing is they had a breach of the system. They they set up this... Um, to contain the water that's contaminated likely with dioxins which they have so far not tested for they're hauling this stuff all over this country okay and um what's the plan for it well the plan is to incinerate it do you are you aware that incinerating these toxins is what got them in the first place right by incinerating that payload of all those trains of all those chemicals so the plan now is they're moving they're transporting the dirt from the train site to all these different locations in the United States, and what they're doing is the plan is, now remember they haven't tested tested any of this for dioxins yet, right? The plan is to incinerate the soil, incinerate, catch it on fire. These people love fires and dynamite, so that incineration of that is going to take that and spread it like wildfire all over the place, okay? okay about halfway through here all this stuff about oil oil and gold why are those two things based on the u.s dollar why is gold considered to be more than a commodity why is it something they say is against inflation why is it that crude oil is an influencer and the stipulation of gold prices. See, crude oil, gold prices, they all tie together. Why is that? And why is it all tied to the US dollar? Because here's the thing, they tell us that these places have oil, right? But then it's like a domino game, right? Because some countries say, well, they produce the oil. Others countries say they refine the oil and see how it starts to be a domino shift game with money. So I think if anybody wants to pick up the behavior cycle psychopaths further, um, I'll leave this with you because um, the US dollar in gold. And uh, the US was historically a net importer of petroleum despite having proven reserves. That changed in 2020. Crude oil production ramped up and the US exported 8.51 million barrels per day. In 2021, the US exported $8.63 $8.63 millions per day. This helped make the U.S. the second largest producer of energy in the world, behind China. This ramp-up also helped the U.S. apply sanctions against Russia and increase exports to European nations in 2022. Since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in 2022, the U.S. dollar has strengthened against many world currencies due to the safe haven effect and rising inflation. This has happened even as the price of oil skyrocketed. And here's what I found interesting. I'm not going to be able to solve this oil thing. I'm just telling you what I found interesting, okay? How oil and gold are so manipulated by the U.S. dollar, okay? Um The countries with the highest crude oil production based on barrels per day in 2022. United States, 11.6 million. Russia, 10.5 million. Saudi Arabia, 10.2. Canada, 4.7. Iraq, 4.3. Now, you wouldn't have guessed that, would you? I know, I didn't guess it. I would have thought those mid-eastern countries that they're all going over there murdering people was all over the oil, but yet all the oil is here, right? Because remember, I haven't done any studies for oil or crude or that. Have you? The whole world could be nothing but sitting on a tank of oil for all we know, right? And they're just using it to manipulate the price of the dollar. Okay, so... um, Anyway, there's a lot of interesting stuff. Um, One other thing... Also about Ohio, um, the, there's a couple of, um, Intel got all that money to do chip manufacturing in Ohio. How can you do chip manufacturing with a compromised water system, right? So just going to throw this out there, so I believe, I believe, don't know this for a fact. But that whole thing was a lie because they knew this was going to happen, right? They knew the area was going to get contaminated. So easy for them to hand off their friends at Intel billions of dollars to build these chip factories in Ohio to make it look like good times are here again. Yeah, because, um, you know, they would need billions of dollars to do that thing there, okay? Um, And that's in Ohio, too. Why is that in Ohio? Why did Intel get all that money to do all those plants in Ohio? Huh. and then I found this funny comment I found hysterical. I, I just couldn't stop laughing, okay? <laughs> because <laughs> this was a um, thing where people were having a really reasonable discussion about why is that orange car there and what's going on. And this person said, you should you should also look into why the World Trade Center was suspiciously placed right where the planes would crash in 20, 2001. What's up with that? Also, why didn't JFK duck? These need answers. Lastly, White Noise, was that's a movie Netflix is in, was based on a 35-year-old book. Huh. Was this planned in the Reagan era? <laughs> yeah, I hate to tell you, but it was. And it's also interesting that it's a 35-year-old book, right? Three, five means eight, right? These people are just loaded with all this symbolism, right? And also, um, I I can't go through this right now, but their friends at the EPA have this whole thing, what they do. It's called the Superfund deal. And what they basically do is they go into these areas that have been hit with disasters. Because remember, all these places are hit with disasters normally in the poor potter town, right? So they have this whole plot where they go in and um, they force you to pay for the cleanup. And then if you can't force you to pay for the cleanup, they sell it at auction when their friends buys it. <laughs> Too many crimes so little time. Okay. And these orphan wells, okay. They just approved some money. 4.7 billion for federal orphan well plugging nationwide was created. Well, that's four point seven billion that goes to them, right? Um, what they're doing is now they're having these um this outcry, the people who care about the environment, right? <laughs> And does anybody look around every city they've been through? Look around Detroit. I mean, it's fascinating. Just go on Google Maps instead of instead of just polluting your own brain with information from liars. Just go cruise around your own town. It's kind of interesting because just 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 pick a place in Detroit or somewhere and go on Google Maps and just start jetting around town and look what you see. I mean, it's just incredible stuff. That the, the disaster these people always leave in their wake. They, they you know they show up in these sharp slick suits as businessmen and bankers, right? But no one really kind of reconciles the disaster that these people leave. Every place they've been through in this country is a disaster. I've done shows about this. The Indian reservations, complete and utter disaster. So I have to be openly suspicious about why in January 2022 they're allocating a bunch of money to clean up (laughs) these orphan wells. (laughs) (laughs) It said, the motivation behind this initiative was due to a public outcry. Well, good for you people for finally standing up. Orphan wells are polluting backyards, recreation areas, and public spaces across the country. The historic investments to clean up these hazardous sites will create good-paying union jobs, catalyze economy economic growth, and revitalization, and reduce dangerous methane leaks. (laughs) You know, here's the other thing I find kind of interesting all this. They talk about stuff like this. They say, hey, we just made a deal with the uh, pharmaceutical people, and instead of charging you $5,000 for this one pill, they're going to give you a break at $20. And we've been trying to do this for the last 20 years. You have to ask yourself... Does any of this sound like sound business information? Like, you're admitting that you've been trying to not screw people for how many years, (laughs) and you're going to be the one to fix it? (laughs) So, so anyway, so according to this um, uh, plugging up the wells, there has been no guidance released yet from the U.S. Department of Interior, but there is an exception that guidance... (laughs) But there is an expectation that guidance will be released of how each state can apply for the initial grants. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, wood is an orphaned well. It's when oil and gas companies go bankrupt and stop making or stop taking care of their equipment. Their wells fall into the state's hands, thus the term orphaned. Um, the EPA estimates there may be more than one million of these orphaned wells scattered across the country, and um, they also there could be. There's also these abandoned wells. Okay, there's <laughs> there's orphan digging things. Okay, and then there's wells. Okay, um, and here's where here's where we start to look for dates. Okay, Pennsylvania, where the state Department of Environmental Protection estimates there could be up to five hundred and six five hundred and sixty thousand abandoned wells just in just in Pennsylvania um, there's crews all over <clears throat> some orphan wells are more than a hundred years old others were drilled within the past decade many lack proper state records meaning crews have to improvise when cleaning them up In Wyoming, thousands of wells were orphaned in 2014 after a coal-bed methane bust. Their owners lacked the money to clean them up, so they became the state's problem. In response, the Wyoming Oil and Gas Conservation Commission expanded its cleanup program. It has plugged, get this, this is just, I'm only talking Wyoming, okay. (laughs) It has since plugged more than 2,300 wells. Crews have also repurposed more than 100 into new water wells. Well, I don't think I'd be drinking that water, but, uh, This person, um, this environmental group in Wyoming says, Every state that has oil and gas is struggling with the cleanup task because the industry has not been held accountable by the regulators and the government and by the government to pay the cost of doing business well, isn't that interesting? You know, we've got oil, we've got gold, we've got... Huh. Kind of funny, right? It looks to me like because it's financial, this is a City of London operation, right? So, of course, they don't write any regulations to be able to plunder things. <laughs> and then this person in Wyoming said... Um, we're going to quickly be in the tens of millions of dollars responsible for plugging and reclaiming oil and gas wells if we don't require upfront bonding. <laughs> that means making companies pay the full cost of plugging wells even before they start drilling. Imagine that, right? Hold them accountable. Okay, now we're getting into something that people are calling a conspiracy, but I think it is right on. Okay, right on the money. Just to put this into perspective, this is about, who are you going to call? My favorite friends at the World Health Organization. Wake up, people. The UN is, in fact, the New World Order, okay? I don't know why that's so confusing to many, but they have every, every, every group is represented by the UN, okay? And along with that, I've been talking about this for years, Um, the United States is already involved with the UN under the Kigali principles which means that that allows for UN troops to be on the streets here. I've talked until I feel like I'm almost going blind talking about it, but it's true, okay? That means, in the the event of conflict, who funds the UN peacekeepers? Well, the, the United States and China. The information's pretty easy to find, and it's also free. So, okay, so there's this new thing going around about Biden and the what are you gonna call? What what it is is I pulled up the Associated Press because they're claiming that it is not true. So just to be fair to both sides, I will read it from their perspective, okay? Okay. Claim. A legally binding World Health Organization pandemic treaty. The reason that Biden is looking into signing this as a treaty would mean that he could escape from having to get it processed and whatever, okay so World Health Organization is called the Pandemic Treaty, will give the organization the authority to control U.S. policies during a pandemic, including those on vaccines, lockdowns, school closures, and more AP's assessment this is not true, The Voluntary Treaty, which is in draft form, but, you know, this is this is the part. They have written this stuff down, okay? <laughs> the Voluntary Treaty, which is in draft form and is still far away from ratification, does not overrule any nation's ability to pass individual pandemic-related policies. Multiple experts, including one involved in the draft process, told the Associated Press. The treaty lays out broad recommendations related to international cooperation on pandemic pre- pre- prevention, preparedness, and response. Nowhere in the 30-page document are lockdowns, closures, or specific, citizen surveil- or specific citizen surveillance systems mentioned. Well, why would they have to mention them? They've already been through this drill before, right? <laughs> it goes on to say, this is a quote. Biden is about to give the China-controlled WHO power to control the United States. This will cover lockdowns, supply chains, surveillance, and false news, claimed one Instagram post referring to the treaty draft. Conservative blogs and commentators also shared misleading information about what kind of actions the treaty would trigger. And you do need to remember, too, that everything that they claim, all those lists of things that were conspiracies in the beginning, all turned out to be true. Okay. <laughs> Notice the pattern here. What they do is they start leaking this stuff up to soft blow it, right? They, they, they gauge reactions. The Biden administration is in the process of finalizing a deal that would give, okay, wait, so there's another quote. Okay, this is a quote. The Biden administration is in the process of finalizing a deal that would give the WHO near total authority to dictate America's policy during a pandemic, read the caption of an Instagram post by the Epoch, Epoch Times, which continued. This includes vaccine policies, lockdown policies, school closure policies, the contact tracing of U.S. citizens, and even the monitoring of online speech if that speech goes against the official narrative. But this interpretation of what the treaty would do is incorrect, multiple experts argue. These claims are utterly false, says Lawrence Gostin, a Georgetown University law professor and director of the University's WHO Collaborating Center on National and Global Health Law. He's been involved in the treaty's draft process. He went on to say, The United States retains sovereignty to set its own domestic public health policies, he added. WHO does not gain any power to override domestic policy decisions. The draft, also called a zero draft, is designed to protect the world from future pandemics, according to WHO. Beginning February 27, the World Health Assembly's intergovernmental regulation body will have a chance to review the initial document. The first reading of the draft will be open to all 194 WHO member states. The text lays out a vision for building greater equity. Oh, this is well as equity is about, okay. The text lays out a vision for building greater equity and effectiveness in pandemic prevention, preparedness and response across the globe through international cooperation. It encourages parties to develop a mechanism to ensure equitable allocation of pandemic-related products, such as vaccines and tests, while committing to quick and transparent reporting of clinical research and trial results, sharing of information on emergency health threats, and recognition of WHO as a coordinator authority on international health work. However, it does not overrule any nation's individual health or domestic policies, The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services confirmed in a statement to the AP. It is false to claim that the World Health Organization has now, or will ever have, by virtue of these activities, any authority to direct U.S. health policy or national health emergency response actions, the agency wrote. The WHO has no such enforcement mechanisms, and its non-binding recommendations to member states are just that, non-binding any associated actions at the national level will remain reserved to sovereign states including the United States in fact the first line of the draft states <coughs> reaffirm <Excuse me. coughs> in fact the first line of the draft states reaffirming the principle of sovereignty of states parties in addressing public health matters Notably, pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response, and health systems recovery. And a separate section of the draft labeled sovereignty clearly states, clearly says that states have the sovereign right to determine and manage their approach to public health, notably pandemic prevention, preparedness, response, and recovery of health systems pursuant to their own political and providing that these activities within their jurisdictions or control do not cause damage to their people or the. okay wait, here's here's the catcher here the last line all this stuff sounds good right it, it says, provided that activities within their jurisdiction or control do not cause damage to their peoples and other countries, well that would be pretty easy to Playing, right nowhere in the 30 page document are the words lockdown closures contact tracing or online speech mentioned nor are mentions of specific citizen surveillance systems further while the treaty if ratified would be considered a legally binding document There are effectively no legal consequences for signatories who fail to adhere to it or violate its terms. Oh, this is good to know because there's no legally... um, It would be considered a legally binding document, but they say because there's no legal consequences. Oh, right, like they can't pull out their bombs and stuff and threaten each other. The WHO has no enforcement power to levy consequences over the document. Other than largely symbolic actions akin to an international slap on the wrist, says Dr. David Friedman, professor emeritus of infectious diseases at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, who also served on a separate WHO committee of experts for a decade. Now, isn't this interesting? Aren't these the same people that lied about everything else, right? said agreed that there are no compliance mechanisms written into the draft. And the provisions are about international obligations, not domestic policy. Most of the treaty language is framed as things that signatories should do rather than must do, he added. Well, you, a bully always starts off making gentle suggestions, right? <laughs> Pretty soon you're getting your head beat in. <laughs> okay. Uh and as Friedman person also emphasized that the draft does not use mandatory language, but rather encouragements or recommendations. <laughs> well, they always always use sticks before they use guns, don't they? Um, it should be noted that the U.S. is far from agreeing to sign the pandemic treaty, and it will take months or longer even to negotiate a text. this person says. Even if the United States signs a treaty... It would not empower WHO to make any public health decisions in the U.S. or in any other country. This Dr. James Dick, no, I'm just kidding. It was a Duke. A professor at the University of Texas Medical Branch, who served on a (laughs) set... Why am I so suspicious that all these people that the AP quoted to say this stuff is not true happen to serve on all these boards? (laughs) Color me suspicious, Okay. Okay, Dr. James Dick, a professor at the University of Texas Medical, okay, um, he said uh, the draft will likely undergo many revisions over what could be a multi-year process, if passed at all. Hopefully the draft zero of the proposed treaty will encourage a robust international dialogue, reaching agreement. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure this is going to be a robust thing. Okay, now let me get over here. Um, I have this other file that I need to dig up here. Um, EPA. Okay, here's what's going on with that train thing I want you to take a look at. Let me try to look for it. I can't believe I didn't have it, but, well, yeah, I can believe I didn't have it. Okay, let me see here. Okay. I know where I can find it. Okay. Okay. There is this person that discovered the orange train car by the tracks in Palestine, Ohio, okay? Um so my theory is this, I, I totally agree that likely there was a orange train there, okay? Um, because orange would be their color, they're into, they're into signaling things, okay? But here's what I found interesting. Um, because remember, during the San Francisco earthquake, that was set up by fire and dynamite. And what they were essentially doing is they start they start a fire and then they throw dynamite out of the fire. And that had confused a lot of their historians. They could quite figure that one out. They thought they did it because they were idiots. No, they do it because this is how they operate, right? Because they they set a fire, and they start tossing dynamite into it. So it would make perfect sense that they would put a highly explosive accelerant next to this train. It also makes a great deal of sense, being the freaks that they are for all these numbers and stuff, that that particular train would be orange, okay? So um, what happened is this, is... um, what caught my attention, and I'll give you the name of the show to go look for yourself. Um, I think that um, that orange train could be there because of having explosives, and also to mark the spot. Okay, because that water right where that orange train is, okay, along those tracks, goes from the sulfur run, feeds into the Ohio River, which feeds into the Mississippi. And into the Gulf of Mexico so I pulled up a map and um, if you take a look at um, a map just look at just just do a search for a map of the Mississippi water okay and that will show you all these feeds okay so essentially what this means is the area of contamination is being accelerated right by that train car being there so that train car b there and who knows what is inside that train right exploding going into the air would feed into all that waterway which according to what i'm looking at here is over half of the united states between the mississippi the ohio river and the sulfur run so that really is taking care of a tremendous amount of water if you ask me and here's the name of the show you're looking for it's called Mystery of the pre-placed orange car by the Ohio River drainage pipes. And mystery of the pre-placed orange car by the Ohio River drainage pipes. And he shows exactly how it took place. He did the photo overlays and all the heavy lifting. So I have to concur that this is likely what is happening. So... Here's the thing. Everybody is looking for them to do something very Matrix-like, right? Well, you know, the people in Silicon Valley aren't that smart. They've been doling out old technology, right? So what does everybody have to fall back on to destroy us and our DNA? Well, some pretty old technology, if you ask me. They're using old radiation techniques into smart meters in our homes. Now they're going to be dumping all this uh, and that's going to unleash all these dioxins and the PSAFs in this water that's already just, like, flooded with toxins and stuff. Um, yeah, I think that uh, it's going to certainly shift the game board around when most of the players don't have water, right? Um, so I just want to put that out there. It appears to me that in every case, they lay out this complicated plan, right? Like, there's some big, big scary thing doing all this kind of stuff, when really... They're rigging trains and destroying our water system with oil rigs, careless behaviors, and all that kind of stuff. I don't see very much that's very high tech about any of this stuff. And that is the part that I find very amazing. So, anyways, I'm going to close off for now. I would encourage you to look further. Um, My position right now, hiding right in front of us, water. Water. Water is going to be the name of the game, right? Water is how they're going to take all this down. Not by some, you know, bile thing through um, the grid. um, Water. And it seems like it'll be a pretty... And also, if you look at how cheap they are about things, this whole water deal... um, You know, I've said for years that this country is going down first, right? Well, this water deal certainly puts that into play, right? Um, We certainly have a high proportion of psychopaths running this country, and by extension, they're also running the rest of the world, right? They know about water because look at all the shows that I've done about Africa and stuff, right? Instead of giving people in Africa clean water, what do they do? They give them deadly vaccines to kill more of them, right? So I'm 100% convinced that at the bottom of this whole plot is um, their destruction of people's ability to access clean water. And it looks to me like it's underway. So I will go ahead and, uh, I'll post some pictures. Um, I'll post a picture of my chest. Hey, what the hell, right? Now you know where I live. Now you know what I'm doing. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the killer's do, right? <laughs> so I think the kids are out for school. No, but anyway, so, uh. Yeah, the the radiation mark on my chest is something else. It's like about eight inches by about four or five inches, and it is just like um, red in a specific position and um, shiny, like looking and stuff. I don't know what the next phase is, but it's not looking good. But um, yeah, so I you know all I can say is get some fresh air and take care of the water and remember this is all just a game show, right? Um, How are you going to come out of the game show? I don't know. You have to think for yourself because we all made agreements before we came down here what our roles were going to be, and I certainly don't have any time or or interest in trying to figure out what your role is. (laughs) So I think you need to figure that out for yourself. So maybe be thinking about what your role is in all this. Are you going to be the last minute hero that rushes to Ohio and gets these people? I I, I don't know. What's your role? What's your role? We all came down here with a very specific idea of what we were going to do. The part about that deal was that once we were born, we forgot that idea, right? And because we're multi-dimensional kind of beings and work on different time frames, we have all those skills within us, right? So um, what does this look like to you? To me, this looks like the big game board and maybe the last game everybody's going to play, right? Maybe we came down here for some very specific reasons and did we accomplish them? I don't know. That would be a very individual question that only each of us can answer for ourselves. But we're all playing a role. Let's not forget that part. We're all playing a role in this big game board. And it really depends on what color pill you took, right? What color pill you took. And uh, they lay out an incredibly simple plan. The plan is not complicated. Everybody has believed the complicated version over the simple version. So... Um, What's gonna happen next could be something else, right? I think that if you haven't taken it seriously, I certainly would be immediately be looking into those um distilled water machines. Um so <laughs> uh, we are in fact in a alternate universe here, okay? This has all been pre planned, pre pre dispositioned, even the names of things. I believe that even our all, all of these things do matter, okay? And the fact that there is a specific orange car, rail car, right there where things blew up. And that orange car seemed to appear to be rather explosive itself. I believe that all of this was set up on the master the master game board, okay? But our understanding of how the game was going to go just changed over time. And we basically... We went for the money tricks. In the early 1900s, when they grabbed hold of somehow, we went for the money tricks. It's really as simple as that. Just, just as simple as that. We, we always want to make things complicated, don't we? We always want to make them complicated. But when you start thinking in a complicated manner, my suggestion is reel it back in and think simple. Because really, how simple is it that this entire plot line <laughs> has been written... To take us out with trains and water, so I will leave that there for now. So goodbye for now. Be safe out there.
1: Now, Daddy didn't like trouble, but if it came along, every. Side that he'd on. He never was a hero for well, this town, he shining light, but you could always find him standing.